Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first Brain Rules podcast episode of 2018. We've got some great episodes planned for you, but we also have someone new that will be joining us on each episode. We have a new co-host. I would like to introduce you all to Madeline MacArthur. Hello, everyone. My name is Madeline MacArthur. So a little bit about me. My, I am a neuroscience major, like Anu. I am also majoring in Hispanic studies. I am a huge fan of podcasts, so I'm super excited to be joining Anu on Brain Rules as a co-host to explore our mutual love for neuroscience. And of course, we are extremely happy to have Madeline on board with us. So the topic of this uh, episode is going to be New Year's resolutions. Um, I think it's pretty fitting that we have this episode on the very last day of January because um, I'm not sure how many of you have actually kept up with your New Year's resolutions so far. So a little bit about the history of New Year's resolutions. Um, They actually were first seen in ancient Babylonian culture about 4,000 years ago, so this isn't a new concept. Um, So the new year for them was based on their agricultural season, so it began when new crops were planted rather than in January like it is now. So some of their celebrations included crowning a new king or celebrating the current king and giving promises to the gods that they would pay their debts or give back things that they borrowed. So all this happened during a 12-day festival called Akitu, and if they completed all their tasks, they believed that they would be in their gods' favors, and if they didn't complete them, they would fall out of favor with the gods. So this tradition continued with the Romans after Julius Caesar rearranged the calendar uh, to the current calendar system that we have now. And the first month was named January after Janus, the Roman god of doorways. So he had two faces, think like Voldemort and Professor Quirrell, So January became a year of simultaneously looking back on the year that had just passed and looking forward to the year to come in a symbolic sense. So the Romans even made sacrifices to Janus and promised to do good things for the coming year. So like many of our practices, New Year's resolutions seem to be steeped in rich history and culture, even if it's mostly a non-religious practice about 4,000 years later. So a little bit about the statistics of New Year's resolutions. Over 40% of Americans will make New Year's resolutions, but around 8% of those people will actually achieve those resolutions. And to break down these stats even more, one-third of people who make resolutions will not keep them to the end of January, so today. Uh, Some of the most common resolutions people make revolve around topics such as weight loss, exercise, stopping smoking, better money management, and debt reduction. Yep, so we're going to talk a little bit about um, what are some ways that we can keep our resolutions past just the end of January. So a few of the ways uh, that we found were to just essentially keep your list of resolutions short. If you've got too many things to try and take care of, then you'll be extremely overwhelmed. So starting small is a very tried and true piece of advice when it comes to forming new habits. So here's an example. Say you want to do the following. I want to get a better sleep schedule, start working out, and cooking fabulous gourmet meals. So even though those are three things on the list, those are huge changes that you want to make. So with those three things on the list, how do you start off small? Because that seems like a very large task to go about. You can go about it two different ways. You can start from the very bottom of all these three habits, or you can focus on one habit at a time until you're in a comfortable spot to add another. So if you wanted to get a better sleep schedule, you'd have to identify, okay, why am I not getting enough sleep? Am I staying up too late to do homework? Or am I just lounging around on my phone before bed? Maybe I'm drinking too much caffeine before bed, etc. So you have to identify what aspects of your life are keeping you from achieving what you want. 
So I have um, a very recent experience of doing something very similar to this. So in my um, Psychology 310 class, Learning and Thinking, we had an assignment called the Behavioral Modification Lab. And what we had to do is we had to pick a behavior that we wanted to modify um, or, or get rid of. Um, and we had to come up with a plan of how to do that. So for me, I wanted to get a better sleep schedule. So I had to identify, okay, what does a good sleep schedule mean to me? So for me, it meant getting at least eight hours of sleep each night because I was averaging about around maybe six on my best nights and then getting better quality of sleep. So for that, I use uh, an iPhone app that just tracks my sleeping cycles. So that way I can figure out, okay, I've had this many sleeping cycles in a night, therefore my sleep quality was good, bad, mediocre, all that kind of stuff. So my plan to tackle this was to cut out caffeine after 4 p.m. and then read for my cell biology class in between my, all of my morning classes. So that way I wouldn't end up staying up super late every single night trying to fit in all those readings. So my experience with the Behavioral Modification Lab followed one of Cal Newport's criteria in his article, Three Rules for Making Resolutions That Stick. So his first one was resolve to follow a system, not achieve a goal. So essentially this rule summarizes that if um, we just have an overall goal and no plan, we're destined to fail our resolution. So even if your goal is to exercise three times a week, if you don't plan out the three times a week you're going to exercise, you might find yourself on Saturday realizing that you hadn't gone to the gym the entire week. So resolving to follow a system with the goal in mind is a very important strategy to making sure you stick with your resolution year-round instead of just for a week or until the end of January. So another way to possibly keep your resolution is to make the right resolution. Now, I know some of you may ask, how can I ensure that I make the right resolution? It's simple. Be smart. No, really. Smart. S-M-A-R-T. It stands for Specific, Measurable, Achievable, Relevant, and Time-Bound. Let me give you an example from my personal life. Last year, I decided to make my New Year's resolution be I was going to train for a half marathon. Now, I really wanted to run the half in under two hours, but, spoiler alert, I ran it in two hours and 19 minutes, not exactly achieving my goal. However, let's see how my goal achieved the SMART checklist. This resolution was specific, i.e. run a half marathon, preferably close to if not under two hours. This resolution was measurable. I downloaded a running app and printed off a running plan from Pinterest to help me measure my progress and keep me on track. This goal of running a half marathon was also achievable. As a relatively healthy 20-year-old, there was really nothing that should hinder me from being at least able to run the whole race. Running this half marathon was also relevant to me because I had signed up to run it with my brother and my sister. So it was kind of a situation where since your older siblings are doing it, you kind of have to prove yourself by running it as well. But I not only wanted to prove it to them that I could run it, but I also wanted to prove it myself. Finally, the resolution was time-bound. I knew I had to be in fighting shape by the time the Knoxville Covenant Half Marathon rolled around in March. Now, even though I did not run the race in under two hours, I did in fact run a half marathon without stopping, which is pretty incredible. Yeah, so that's a, that's a really good way to tackle uh, resolutions is by following the SMART system. Um, so going off of uh, what Mal and I talked about, about having um, our own two resolutions that we wanted to follow and having a system that goes with it. 
Um, I wanted to also point out that sometimes you can have a system that is too detailed or it takes too much time to keep up with and essentially it starts working against you instead of for you. So that's something you want to definitely avoid. So um, there's this organizational system called GTD and that's short for getting things done and that was made popular by David Allen. He even wrote a book about it with the very same name. So the caveat of the system is that it is very detailed, sure, but probably it's it's too detailed to a fault. Essentially, it requires you to set up a current task list and an archive folder system with 43 different folders. Uh, so one folder um, for the next 31 days, uh, so that's like 31 total folders, and then one folder for the next 12 months. So the current task list, list involves breaking down each individual task into smaller tasks that you can knock out quickly or or defer the task into another folder. So essentially putting off that task into a different day. So this is kind of overkill in my opinion. Um, I'm not normally a type of person to color code every single thing in my life. I do like detailed task systems, but there is a point where you're spending too much time on the system itself and not actually on the things that you want to get done. Yeah, that system definitely sounds a bit complicated, but I guess if you're dedicated enough and trying to keep the task um, you need to get done every day, then the system might actually work perfectly for you. Mm -hmm. um, I mentioned GTD to say that sometimes we don't always need a super complicated way to organize our lives. For some people, multi-step task management systems work for them and that's really great. Um, but for others, simply writing them in a planner or writing to-do list is more comfortable for them. Uh, what I don't like about a system like GTD, like I said earlier, is that it takes more work to keep up with the system itself. And it's really easy to get so wrapped up with tagging tasks into categories and stressing them out about the system uh, that it is about actually using the system. So at that point, it no longer works for you. This system of GTD kind of reminds me of bullet journals. And as most of you know, bullet journals are journals that are made up of varying parts called modules. These modules may include a future log of big picture planning, a monthly log that functions as a calendar and shorter term task list, and a daily log for more fine-grained scheduling. All of these modules are held together by an index page and a system of symbols to indicate notes, reminders, and appointments. To me, this system seems counterintuitive. Daniel Levitin, a behavioral neuroscientist who is the author of The Organized Mind, said, the thing I've noticed is that the complexity of the system is inversely related to the number of people who adopt it. I agree with Levitin. Personally, the more complicated and stringent the schedule and goal is, the harder it is to stick with it. If you find yourself not meeting your daily goals, then you become increasingly more upset with yourself the more the days you fail to complete that day's task. In the end, I feel like most people feel the same as me when they make two complicated resolutions is you end up giving up on them simply because you created a situation that was unnecessarily complicated. But... While bullet journals are something that you can create to your own means and your own liking, it's possible that it can work for you. And if it does, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, so the second thing that Newport mentions in his article about um, ways to st keep sticking to your resolutions is that you need to realize that exceptions are going to happen. Of course, exceptions are going to be had. Going back to my earlier story about my New Year's resolution for last year, what I loved about printing out my running schedule from Pinterest is that it included rest days. 
My schedule was flexible enough to shuffle around which days were going to be my rest days and which days were going to be my running days. This component of my schedule was, in my opinion, key to my success. Yep, so if you have in your schedule that you're supposed to go to the gym every single day from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m., um, and you're so far you're keeping up with that schedule just fine, but what happens when you fall sick or you have to travel and you won't be able to go to the gym? So uh, just like Madeline suggested and Newport suggests, um, putting in a specific set of rules or counting for that wiggle room is really important to keep your momentum going while you're pursuing your goal. So if you're going on a trip for three days, you could always opt to do a set of push-ups and sit-ups in the hotel room instead of going to the same gym that you would be in if you were still in your hometown. Uh, so letting yourself slip during these exception moments is one of the easiest ways to kill your momentum in keeping your resolutions. So that makes it all the more difficult to get back on the horse when your schedule goes back to normal. So. Um, after doing my behavioral modification lab, I'm still very persistent on trying to establish a good sleep schedule as well as improve the quality of my sleep. Uh, so that means using my sleep tracking app and putting the data in my journal so I can easily see it, saying like, okay, this, this is how this past week went, so this is what I'm going to do or stop doing to keep this progress going on to the next week. So. I wanted to go ahead and like cap off this uh, episode by talking about what kind of resolutions we're keeping, or I should say <laughs> trying to keep, um, and maybe talk about the different ways that uh, we're doing that. So you guys can get a little bit of an idea into a slice of life scenario and see how um, we are applying all of these things that we just talked about into our own lives. So another habit that I'm trying to form is to do things more mindfully. And for me, that means trying to stop multitasking so much. So I have a really bad habit of multitasking. So one thing that I did um, last semester was I recorded um, every lecture in one of my classes. And it got to the point where I would be just going for a run or working out at the gym, and I would be listening to the lectures instead of really focusing on my workout. And that would take me out of the moment of enjoying the workout and trying to push myself with each exercise. So instead, it would just leave me kind of stressed because instead of focusing on the fluidity of movement or pushing through my last set, I'd be constantly thinking of, oh my god, I missed that last part of what the professor said, I'll have to rewind that later. Um, so that's one thing that I'm definitely trying to get better at is um, sectioning off individual uh, blocks of time for really focused, intense work on one or two things um, sequentially instead of trying to do them at the same time. And of course, I'm still trying to get better at maintaining somewhat of a healthy sleep schedule. That's definitely admirable, <laughs> trying to get that sleep schedule down. Um, for me, I'm going to run that half marathon again this year. Um, barring this little bit of time I've had with sickness, I've been keeping up with my running schedule okay, and I'm still using the same running app that I used last semester and using the same uh, Pinterest printout that I used last semester because they worked so well. I decided why not go ahead and do it again. However, the one big goal I have for this semester that's different from uh, last year is getting under that two-hour mark. Mm -hmm. uh, another big goal I have for myself is getting really organized because with this being junior year, and it's a hard year, as we all know, um, I really want to make sure I'm staying on top of all of my classes and staying on top of all the extracurriculars I've committed myself to. So I've taken more time to be more detailed with my 
schedule in terms of each month, how I'm looking at it in big, broader terms, and each week really breaking down, you know, where is some time where I can, you know, find a few extra hours to maybe review for some of those classes that I think are a little bit harder or take a little bit more time to meet up with some friends and be like, hey, you know, do you want to go over this a little bit more detail? So that's what I'm looking forward to doing for this uh, coming semester. Definitely, that's also a very admirable goal because Lord knows I could also work on that as well. Yeah, so that actually concludes this episode of the Brain Rules podcast. If you like what you heard, please share this episode with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe to the Daily Beacon podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, or your stock podcast app. And be sure to check back for episodes every other week. We hope you've learned something new today, and we'll see you next time.